Before we start this episode, we just want to acknowledge that we're on Treaty 6 territory in the homeland of the Métis. We recognize the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit whose footsteps have marked these lands for generations. And with that, let's get on with our show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to BASAC's first podcast. Gotta say, we're pretty excited. We're pretty excited. The BASAC View, the number one episode. What is BASAC? <laughs> we are the Battlefords and Area Sexual Assault Center. We assist victims in sexual violence and assault, and not only the victims, but their families as well, because mm-hmm. it is traumatic for everybody, right? This gives them, we give them a safe place for healing which is very, very important because here's a little quote I have. Trauma creates a change you don't choose. Right? Oh, wow. And that's really hard on people. Good quote. But healing is about creating a change that you do choose because we have control. And I think that's important. What we do here is that we help people understand and realize that they, they can be in control because sometimes they feel they can't, right? And be empowered. Or they've lost it. Yep. Absolutely. So our services, what do we have here at BASAC? Again, which is the Battlefords and Area Sexual Assault Center. We have an in-house counselor. So she does one-on-one counseling, again, with victims or families. We have a new-to-us counselor who will primarily be visiting First Nations communities, working with the women in those communities, which is such an important thing and such going to be such a value. I'm so glad that she's here. Uh, We offer women's groups in times where we can mingle. We have to understand things are a little bit different right now. So we do work with women's groups um, when we're able to. And what Kayla and I do. Hey, Kayla, who are you? Uh, I'm Kayla, and I'm part of the outreach team here at BASAC. Uh, Me and Michelle are part of the outreach team, and we're usually in the school systems at this point. It's December. This is usually a pretty time for us. We're really busy in the fall and in the winter months, but... COVID has put a big giant wrench in all of our plans, hence why you are hearing us over your speaker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, we just got to keep up with the times, right? And so many people are having to do this and and we're not any different. We we still have a very important message that needs to be um, given out there, right? That that the kids still need to hear. Mm -hmm. And because... This is a time where they also feel a little bit less in control. We as adults do. So imagine what the kids are feeling too, right? All of a sudden they can't play with their friends. Their schooling is different. Every aspect about their life. They can't go visit grandma and grandpa. Totally. And like you said, adults too. This is so out of our wheelhouse. Like we have been, (laughs) we have been planning this podcast for months at this point. And it's been a learning process for us too. So yeah, we're all in this together, you guys. For sure. And so my name's Michelle and I'm program coordinator here at uh, BASAC. And again, what Kayla mentioned is that what we what we do in our particular outreach program is that we do work with the schools uh, from anywhere from pre-K to grade 12. Mm-hmm. And we go in and we facilitate programming. Again, we're not able to do that. So we have been doing Zoom protocols with schools within the city. And that's worked pretty good. And we're glad they're still bringing us in. And another thing that we've started doing, and they will be available soon on our website at basic.ca, is that we are doing some uh, videos that teachers can show in classrooms if they wish, or that parents can sit down with their children and watch and then start that conversation. Totally. And it's pretty cool. It's just as quick as this podcast, 30 minute little videos on boundaries, consent, sexting, social media safety. I mean, everything that every kid needs to be, needs to learn about these days. Yeah, absolutely. 
And so we're quite excited about that. We're, you know, sometimes technology or social media gets a bad rap. <laughs> yes. But for something like this, I'm, I'm really glad that we have that available to us. Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. Mm-hmm. It's nice to get creative. Well, it is because sexual violence has no barriers, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a part, it affects everybody. And that's what we do. And more so our counselor, but you know, some of the children that we facilitate too, is that we do work face to face with clients from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. Again, sexual violence has no barriers and, and all genders and all socioeconomic um, levels, right? So to speak. Absolutely. So there are certain populations within our community, such as indigenous women, um, women and girls, let alone racialized individuals, individuals with disabilities, children, and, you know, so our newcomers even to Canada, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're a little bit more vulnerable. They're that in that vulnerable sector in our community. And we just need to provide some sort of safe place for them to get the help that they need. Right. Absolutely. Very well said. And you know, with that, Saskatchewan presents, and we know that Saskatchewan has some of the highest oh, rates of true. violence. Yeah. In Canada. Highest rates in Canada. Right. Yeah. And whether it's our own experience or someone we know, we all have a story. You know, yeah, and we're hoping with this podcast that we can share some of those stories, that we can bring some of this stuff to the light, and mm-hmm. with that, build a real a big community of support. That's kind of our goal with this podcast. Because what we do and the topic of what we do is normally hidden in hundred percent, yes, or by individuals. It's I can't taboo. let anybody know. Yep. Yeah, it's tab- and it's it it affects so many. One in three girls. Right. And those are the reported cases. Mm-hmm. One in five boys, they say. And those are the reported cases. I think they get the boys report less, way less. Right. Because Absolutely. there's a stigma attached to that. Yeah. And so, again, what we do is, or sorry, everybody's got a story of someone they know, mm-hmm. maybe if they were told about it. 100%. Right. right? Yeah. And, and it, that's really too bad. But it needs to, we need to feel more open and more safe to talk about. This, because it's not going away, right? Especially now, you know, with what's going on, is there a rise? And you know what? The biggest comfort for some people, for survivors of sexual assault, is the power of numbers, is the power in storytelling. Yeah. Right? That's that hashtag Me Too movement, right? Totally, yeah. Because, and again, one in three women will experience sexual violence in their lifetime. That's that's too many. Staggering. Those are staggering statistics. Yeah. And with that, we have to understand that this, this creates a community problem. And I know that some people may not see that or even acknowledge that or understand that. But when somebody is sexually assaulted, that affects them in all areas, mm-hmm. right? It affects their productivity. It affects their mental status. It affects their uh, feelings of, you know, um, distrust in a relationship, distrust in the workplace. And, you know, not, not to mention the ripple effects that has on friends and family and partners and you know it ripples kids are dropping out of school at higher rates at higher rates right if if you're impregnated due to sexual violence are you going to get the prenatal care that you that you require or do you have the community resources to be behind you and help you yeah yeah which so it affects so it affects children it affects families it affects businesses it affects healthcare. sexual violence really does impact all social systems and everyone. And we have to be aware of that. Very well said. And you know, you asked why we do what we do. 
Well, it's because when women get brave enough to report, it's uh, it's actually reported that out of every 100,000 cases, there's a whopping three that actually end up in a conviction. Yeah. On average. Those are yeah. gross statistics. So out of 100,000 cases, three end up in conviction. Which makes women have the attitude of why bother? Why bother? Nothing's going to happen. Because a lot of times when the woman does report, she's the one who's ostracized. She's the one who feels that shame and gets the blame. What were you wearing? Why were you out that late? You know, what were you drinking? What were you drinking? Yeah. You know, and then with the sexual harassment, more than seven out of 10 people who report sexual harassment in the workplace and more times they're not, they're fired over Mm -hmm. making a report of sexual harassment. They are fired. Yeah. So you ask why women are scared to report Well, there's your answer right there. There's so much fear and there's so much shame. And this happened to a friend of mine. Is that right? Yeah. She was sexually assaulted by her manager at work. Um, She reported Mm -hmm. and ended up going to court and she was the one who lost her job. She had to leave. She had to leave the community because she was shamed so badly. Unfortunately, I'm not surprised to hear that. And that sucks. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I wish I was. Yeah, I know. That's really sad. I know. That's really, really sad. But you know what? The one thing I can confidently say, at least working at this job, at this organization at BASAC, we're never going to go back to the days where sexual harassment is going to remain hidden in the shadows. We're done with that. We're making our stand and we're not doing that anymore. We are empowering people. We are empowering little girls and boys. And we're in the business of change. We are in the business of change. We're in the business of healing. Absolutely. I mean, not just, again, for the individuals, but the healing for the community, the healing for the families that takes place by that, by that one person getting brave enough to seek out that help. Absolutely. Right? right. And that's something that we try to teach with our kids. Yes, we do. And we're always talking about shout, run, tell. And that can go for adults too. Shout, yep. run, tell. For those who don't know, we actually have a program for our, I think it goes up to grade four, pre-K to grade four. We have a program called the Protect Yourself Rules. And the number one rule that we teach our kids, if you're being touched in an unsafe manner, is you shout and you run and you go and tell an adult. And you keep telling an adult. Yes, I was going to say, and kids always say, but I've done that and nobody listens to me. What do I do? And the answer always is you go and tell, you go and tell, and you go and tell someone else until somebody does listen to you. You know, that is so powerful. And I imagine if all little children were taught that. Totally. If they were taught that, if they were told it was okay to tell, despite whatever their, their abuser might have said, Mm -hmm. or, you know, the, the fear that was put into them because of it, if they know, and they understand that they have some place to go, we have a crisis line. Yep. People can call our crisis line, right? Yes. And that's something that you and I work on too, isn't it? At the schools, we talk about boundaries and consent. And actually, that's going to be one of our videos. Yes. On our website. Yep. So that's really exciting. And it's, I think it's about 30 minutes, yep, 45 minutes, 30. something like that. You know, teaching people, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be our kids, but teaching women that it's actually very empowering to set boundaries and it's okay to set boundaries and that we should. And it's, and it's okay to have those in place so that others respect them. And it's very important to teach. I don't want to fall into the, you know, like saying it's just men who abuse because it's not. Totally, yes. But it's, you know, to teach our young boys to respect those boundaries. When you when you set clear, healthy boundaries for yourself, you're setting a precedent for how people should treat you. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, right? Yeah. 
Making yep. those boundaries. That's something I used to teach, uh, you know, when I did women's empowerment groups mm-hmm. was people treat us the way they do because we allow it. Now, I'm not saying that attack, a sexual uh, attack like that is because we allowed that. But we have a choice now in what we're going to do next. Next. We have to we have to take back that control. Absolutely. We have to take back that power and by getting the help and by getting that healing, whether or not we report or whatever, that's always an individual on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But to, to get some help so that you, number one, know you're not alone and that you can reclaim your life back. It's, it, it, there's always going to be that new normal, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's strong when you can come back and heal from something like that. Absolutely. And well when said. you, when you know your boundaries, when you know your consent yeah. or when you know what consent is for our, because we also teach that to our, you know, again, our, not to stereotype, but to our male students, we teach them how to not become an abuser. And it might be something just so simple as you have to ask before you touch someone. The end. And that's how simple and that's how early on these boundaries and the life lesson of boundaries can be taught. We're in pre-K teaching about boundaries and consent. Yeah. And we're even teaching our little kids. It's it's kind of a mind-blowing realization when we tell our kids that you don't have to hug somebody you don't want to hug. Yeah. When you tell a kid that, they're like, wait a second. Like, I've been putting up with hugs from my creepy uncle for 10 years. Like, what do you mean I cannot hug somebody? Yeah. But it's true. Yeah. I'll go up to my niece and I'll ask her, can I have a high five today or can I have a hug today? Can I have a fist bump today or do you want to just wave at me today? Yeah. You know what? The options. These are most important decisions that kids are going to make these days Mm -hmm. and it's going to make the path for their future. Absolutely. And again, we teach that in, in the schools too, because when we work, especially with the elementary kids, they're always coming up for some sort of love of some kind, right? But it's, it's always, we teach them to ask first. Yes. Or if we are asking, it's the exact same thing that you said. Yeah. Do you want a hug today? You want a high five? Do you want a fist bumper? You know, because it gives them, it, it helps them feel in control. And that they do have power over their bodies and that they don't have to be touched if they don't want to be touched. I always, I always know we're doing a good job at the end of our eight week program, because I will notice at the, our first week, when we walk into a classroom, the kids are always running up to us and giving us great big hugs. And at the eighth week, we have kids lining up and saying, can I hug you today? Can I give you a high five today? giving me the option. They're learning something. We're doing our jobs. And that's how simple it is. It's how simple it is. Teaching boundaries, teaching consent, teaching that they have control, teaching them that they have a voice and it's okay to use that voice. That's good work. I mean, imagine again, my generation learning that. I mean, this wasn't talked about in schools. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, we talk about that frequently if we had something like this when we were kids and yeah. what the impact it could have made on our lives potentially. Yeah. Huge. 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 Kayla, why did you get into doing this line of work? I've worked for nonprofits the majority of my life. Um, I was working as a correctional officer at Sask Hospital here in North Battleford uh, for a little, oh, just under two years. And I just needed a change. You know, I think... I think I can bring a lot to an organization. Absolutely. Um, and I just, I love this work and I love this organization. And I am just very grateful every single day that I get to come here and do what I do and work mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. It's the best. There's a little stigma 
you know, oh, the sexual assault center. Oh, yes. When you tell people you work at the sexual assault center, you get the same look every time, hey? And then they kind of try to change the subject. Yeah. But it's not all scary and bad. It's actually a very, it's, it's a very necessary part of any community because, again, one in three women will have experienced this. And those are the reported cases, as yep. far as I'm concerned, anyway. Yep. And and one in five men, right? Yeah. So it's it's very necessary. It's not something we can keep shoving under the rug. I agree. Right? And that's why I got into it, too. Because, again, raised in that generation where you shoved it under the rug. And we just can't do that anymore. We just yep. can't do that anymore. And I feel like I have enough experience and enough voice, especially in women's empowerment, to talk to to be able to talk freely to women about what happened with them without becoming emotional, without becoming triggered without, you know, so that we have that calmness that they can feel when they're telling us their story and that confidence and that trust, which is huge. I mean, that's something that's lost for them is that trust factor. And the fact that you've went on your own healing journey, Michelle, I mean, it just paves the way for all the women that you can help and that you have been helping. Right. Right. So I have a really cute story about boundaries because that's what we were talking about today. Yeah. So uh, this was posted on November 19th on Facebook. I love this post. So it was a picture of a little girl, little blonde girl with her mask on and she's in a shop. She wants to get her ears pierced and mom wrote out this story. So her seven-year-old daughter wanted to get her ears pierced. They did the research. They found the shop. They drove an hour and a half to this shop. The daughter was on the was on the bench ready to get her ears pierced. Her earlobes were wiped with the rubbing alcohol. Her hair was up in a ponytail. We're ready to go. It's a process. And the daughter said, stop. I don't <laughs> want to do this anymore. Yep. And the staff member, his name is Blake, responded so well to her. And he said, you know what? It's okay. None of us are angry or annoyed or upset that you don't want to do this. Right. And you can come back in here any single time you want. And he gave her a ring pop and she went on her way. Now, at the end of this little story, the mom said something and I'm going to quote it because it's just beautiful. She said, my daughter left emotionally whole, shame free and with her head held high. She left feeling empowered about her body and knowing her voice was honored. She left having seen that consent matters modeled even by adults not known to her. She told me in the car, the fear in my body told me today was not the day. And to have seen that and respected that sets the tone for the rest of her life. Absolutely. Imagine teaching kids to listen to their bodies. Yes. You and I talk about that spidey sense, right? When the hair on the back of your neck rises up. Listen Listen to to it. it. We tell that to the kids all the time. Listen, yeah. when your tummy starts to feel tight and something just doesn't feel right, that's a sign. Yeah. Something's your body's giving telling you a sign. You. And she listened to that and kudos to Blake. I know. Right? Because so often, and I mean, this is part of my experience too in life, is it doesn't seem sometimes to take much to trigger adults mm-hmm. to make them to, so that, uh, you know, what am I trying to say? that they get mad at you Mm -hmm. because you changed your mind Mm -hmm. as a child, you know, that, or that they're, they barely tolerated you. And, oh, you know, he could have taken that a different way. 
I just wasted half hour of my time. Totally. I could have, you know, somebody else in here. But no, he treated her with respect. And even mom. I mean, yeah. kudos to mom, too. Mom yeah. could have said, listen, we drove almost two hours to get to this, you know, <laughs> yeah. to get to this shop. And I paid money. Yes. And I paid money, paid a deposit. No, yeah. good on them all the way around. What, a great... a, what an amazing lesson for that little yeah. girl. Makes great feel good story. I like yes. that one. Thank you, Kayla. Yeah. Imagine that. Hey, kids feeling in power. It took me a long time, way into adulthood, probably into my 30s, before I felt that empowerment. And control. And, and power control. in your own body. Mm-hmm. And the ability to say no. Mm-hmm. My favorite exercise that we have with our kids is the hula hoop exercise, oh, yeah. where we have four hula hoops in every corner of the room, and we have one leader in each of the hula hoops. And the rest of the class is to line up behind or in front of all of those leaders And we instruct the kids in the line to ask the leader for a high five or for a fist bump or for a hug. And it's the leader's job to say, yes, I will give you a high five or yes, I'll give you a hug or to say no. And what we notice with this activity is that our leaders never said no. They always said, yes, I'll give you a hug. Yes, I'll give you a fist bump. Yes, I'll give you a high five. So now we add in our activity Leaders, you have to say no at least three times. Right. Get used to saying no. Absolutely. And for the lineup, get used to hearing the word no. We got to get used to it. Yeah. Get used to that no, because no is a complete sentence. Yeah. And no means no. No means no. And with that, you guys, that's a wrap. That's podcast Man. number one. Podcast number one. <laughs> I just want to remind everybody to, we, you know, we kind of talked about social media at the start. Social media can be good for so many things. Mm-hmm. And that's what we try to do on our Facebook page. So check us out at the Battlefords and Area Sexual Assault Center Facebook page and Basic One on Instagram. That's where you'll find us. And also, if you'd like to sign up for our newsletter, you can do that on our Facebook page. There's a link there to sign up. So thank you to everybody who has listened. Thank you for being with us. This is please be patient with us as we continue <laughs> to release more episodes. And with that, we'll see you next time. See ya. See you guys.